You're listening to Kindling Conversation with Siobhan Hunt, part of Kindling Kids Radio. Thanks to greater awareness across the board, most of us will have heard of postnatal depression and anxiety. But do you know the signs for you, for your friends or your partner? How do you know when it's time to get help or to try and help a friend? And what does a road to recovery look like? Terry Smith is the CEO of Panda, Perinatal Anxiety and Depression Australia. It's an organisation whose mission is to provide support for the tens of thousands of women, men and families living with and recovering from post and antenatal depression and anxiety. Hi, Terry. How are you? I'm very well. Thank you. Many women will get the baby blues. How can you tell the difference between the, I guess, normal hormonal changes that happen after having a baby and the start of something that is more serious for either mum or dad and their mental well-being? Mm, that's, that's a really important question because you're right. In fact, about 80% of new mums are going to experience the baby blues. But what we know about that is it's usually within, say, three to seven days after the birth of the baby. And it tends to last for one day. So it'll be, it'll be a really sad day, but, but it does move on. Now, when we talk about depression or anxiety in that period after the birth, what we want to look at is about two weeks of symptoms. So if the symptoms persist for more than two weeks, it, it really is something that's, that's getting serious and it's important to get help. And what are those symptoms? Because anxiety and depression are quite different, aren't they? They are, and that's, that's actually a really big part of the problem in helping women identify what's actually happening to them. So I think broadly in the community, people are more familiar with postnatal depression. So I know that a lot of callers to Panda's Helpline will say, Gee, I, just, I didn't realise something was wrong because I knew I wasn't depressed. So if you think about the depression symptoms, they're the, they're the lower mood feelings. So it might be really just having trouble feeling joy in things that you used to enjoy. It might be lethargy, just wanting to sleep or very commonly withdrawal from family and friends. So, so those sort of sad, low feelings, whereas the anxiety feelings are really heightened, heightened moods. So it might be panic attacks or a racing heart. Sometimes it's just worrying that just goes round and round inside your head and you simply can't let go of that. It can also be, you know, a, a sense of just anger and frustration. Um, so there's very different sorts of feelings and again you know you always have a few days here where it's hard with a newborn so um, if you just if you're feeling a bit anxious because you're having trouble settling your baby for a day or two that's that's not the sort of anxiety we're talking about we really want to talk about something that is persisting as we said over a couple of weeks and what's happening in our brains when this sort of thing is happening because sometimes you can think oh, you know, I'm just a little bit sad or I'm feeling a little bit edgy. But is there something chemically going on in our brains when we feel this way? Yeah, look, look there is because we are talking about about an illness here. So um, the brain's a really complicated thing and it's really hard to understand. So there's still a lot we don't absolutely understand. But, um, you know, it's important to remember this this is an illness and what that means is you can't just shrug it off so if it's if it is having a couple of bad days you can shrug that off and I think it's really important when we're trying to support our friends with new babies that we we don't um, you know make them we don't play down their symptoms because sometimes a mum's really trying to reach out and say I'm concerned something's going on and uh, an example I really like to give is uh, the mum who says 
I'm just I'm beside myself because I just I can't sleep and we 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 kick into that and we think we're being really supportive by saying yeah it's really hard isn't it it's really hard when your baby's not sleeping and that's that's a good response for a mum who's not experiencing depression or anxiety who really just does have a very restless baby but if in fact mum's really struggling and might be actually staying up fretting about her baby who's asleep. So asking that next question about is your baby asleep is actually a really important question because if you have racing thoughts, um, you know, ongoing anxiety, it might be that you're not able to sleep even though your baby's really peacefully settled. You're listening to Kindling Conversation and I'm speaking with Terry Smith. She's a CEO of Panda, Perinatal Anxiety and Depression Australia. We're talking about postnatal depression and anxiety, what can happen, how it feels. I'm curious, Terry, because men and women both experience this. Does it manifest differently in different genders? Look, it's it's um that's a really good debate question. Uh, it it can it can it's um look it's different in every individual. But look, we we do have a sense that that for men, um, the the depression symptoms might appear a little differently, and sometimes sometimes it's more about the way they manage the feelings. So the symptoms are probably pretty similar, but perhaps their behaviours are different. So we do know sometimes men will, um, you know, in their withdrawing from family, might just throw themselves headlong into work for example. It's like, I've got to get back to work. I just have to be away from all this because I can't deal with my feelings. So um, working can be an issue. Sometimes sometimes men will, will look to, to drugs or alcohol. Um, you know, women might do that too, but, but it's a, a symptom that that's, seems to be more commonly uh, related to men at that, at that time. And sometimes anxiety might appear as something kind of bordering on anger as well. Uh, if if a man's experiencing it, but you know it's it's tricky to make generalisations around there. But I think one of the important things to think about is whether it's mum or dad, is their behaviour different to what it would normally be? And and of course it's going to be a little bit different when there's a new baby coming in because you know we all know life's turned on its head. Yes. But um, but usually people's character doesn't change in that. So if you feel like someone has actually really shifted a little bit, that they're different to how they were. I think it's really important to be able to have have a direct conversation with them and talk to them about this very common illness. You know, it's it's going to be one in five mums and around one in ten dads. So it's much more common than I think most people understand. I know a lot of my friends who are mums and women I know sometimes just assume that having a baby is challenging. I know that when I had a tough time after my ba- my first baby in particular was born, I just thought this is part of the gig. I mean, how can you help a friend or a partner if you are seeing those signs, you are seeing them withdraw, you are seeing that their mood is fairly consistently low? Um, how can you actually help them sort of discover, I guess, that they need help? Mm. I think one of one of the the best things we can all do is be prepared to talk about mental health issues in the way that we're prepared to talk about physical health issues. And you know, we've got a long way to go as a community in in breaking down stigma. So one of the problems sometimes in in a new mum accepting what's going on is that there is a lot of stigma in our community. And so there's lots of mums who call our helpline a long time after they've been suffering, and the the sense is, look, I didn't want to be 
a mum that that happened to, but and I, I don't want to sound like a broken record here, but it is going to happen to one in five mums. So we have to try to help mums understand that it's okay to be able to do that, to step out and look for help. One of the things that I think is really helpful um, on Panda's website, panda.org.au, there's um, loads of stories from women who've, who've had an experience of either depression or anxiety. They tell their stories. Some of them tell really dark stories about how tough it was for them. But we often hear that when women have been looking through those stories, they're able to actually sort of connect with some of those and say, oh, actually, maybe that, maybe that is me and maybe I do need some help. Uh, and they, it's also got the benefit of having them not feel so lonely in their experience. But sometimes it can be that bit that says, well, look, all you're doing is reading a website. You know, you're not stepping out yet and getting, getting help. Of course, Panda's helpline is there as well to, to support women if they want to have that conversation, if they feel like they are connected to those stories. And for some women, they might have a look at the stories and say, no, actually, I, I think I'm okay. I, or, or they might find some really small strategies in those stories that mean not all women need professional help at that stage. Um, for mild depression or anxiety, sometimes some strategies around how you manage that um, can really help get someone through. But but generally speaking, we do know that it's really crucial that um, that women can identify what's happening and get help help pretty soon. Uh, the long-term consequences of not getting help is that the, the illness can escalate and we know that around 1 in 10 of our callers now to our helpline are calling with, you know, at it, serious risk um, for themselves. Some of them are thinking about issues as dark as suicide or even hurting their child. Um, and for us, it's frustrating. You know, we can absolutely help those mums at that stage, um, but we would have much preferred to talk to them a couple of months earlier when, when it hadn't escalated to that spot and help save them a lot of trauma that they didn't need to experience. And I have heard it said that some women can still be experiencing postnatal depression when their children are three or four or they've only just discovered that these feelings aren't normal. Do, have you found that at Panda as well? We will talk to mums that it seems that the the experience has gone on for a long time, um, and that's it's, it's a complicated thing. If you if you haven't had treatment, it could be that um, that that it's you know really hasn't been resolved. For for a small group of women, they even with treatment, some of the symptoms can can last for a lot longer. Um, we also interestingly have quite a number of women who call us um, when they have a second child and they're well. And they're calling to say, I feel so bad now because I didn't understand there was something wrong last time. I just thought that's what parenthood was about. I didn't like it, but I thought, oh, gee, it just must not be what it was all wrapped up, uh, what I thought it would. But um, And what they're acknowledging with a second baby is that they're well and they're full of the joy of having a new baby and feel a bit sad about not having had that same connection with their first baby. So every story is unique. You know, there's there's lots of similar themes through through the stories through the um, through the mums and dads who call Panda's helpline, but there's also that sense of gosh, everyone is is still an individual. It's a beautiful thing about the world we live in, isn't it? That there's still still room for difference. And what about? Um, I think often when it comes to mental health, one of the things I find is missing in the conversation is what it's like to be well. Explaining to people what it's like to live without that suffering from a mental illness yeah. are you able to articulate what it's like for what it would be like for a parent not to be experiencing postnatal depression oh, what, a, what, a, what a great question <laughs> <laughs> oh, can 
I? You know, I don't think I can do that justice, but what I can tell you is that those stories I was talking about on the website, it's those women who who absolutely do that justice because what they're able to reflect on is... Um, because you know, articulating your normal is kind of hard, but when you've been through some really tough times and you've come out the other end, and, and those stories, those messages of hope that come from that are just, are, are just terrific. And I think, again, that, that might be one of those triggers that would allow someone to think, oh, okay, perhaps this isn't normal. Because it's, it's really hard to know, and particularly something like, like depression uh, can cause you know, it's it's a cycle where it's really hard because you're feeling so flat and so unmotivated. It's actually really hard to be motivated to take the next step as well. So it's it's hard to know how you might feel differently. So I, I, I love I love the question you're asking. It shows a lot of a lot of insight. But I do think um, that that those women who've had had that experience and are happy now to share feeling well, some of that joy really comes through those stories. And I suppose the other key question, of course, is how likely is recovery? I mean, what are the percentages for women who get better after yeah. experiencing postnatal depression? Yeah, the, the research doesn't give us a clear percentage, but it is it is a very, very significant number. Um, and we're talking, you know, um, probably up into the sort of more than, you know, high, into the significantly into the 90% um, women are going to just fully recover. For some others, there might be, uh, it might be that this is actually their first sense of wow, there's something something that's a long term issue, but at least now I'm going to be able to manage it. Sometimes women find one of the risk factors is a previous um, experience of mental illness, and that could be something as simple as um, you know I had some anxiety when I was doing my um, year twelve exams, and I I got some strategies at the time, and I've been well for the subsequent you know fifteen years, and and now. I'm finding it's come back. And so it might be for some women there's been a propensity to to ongoing mental health issues. So that's what confuses the recovery message. But the truth is that most, most women will absolutely recover uh, and fully recover. Um, and for a small group of women, they might discover that they've actually got some ongoing concerns, but that they're now able to manage those issues because they've they've understood what's going on and they can get help. Terry, I think that's a really hopeful place for us to end this conversation. Thank you so much for speaking with us. Oh, thanks for talking with me. It's been great. That was Terry Smith. She's the CEO of Panda. And to access any of the resources or the stories that Terry mentioned in that interview, we'll pop the links up on our website. Just head to kindling.com.au. You've been listening to a Kindling Conversation podcast. We'd like to reach as many parents as possible, and you can help us by giving us a review wherever you downloaded this episode. It means that more people can find us. I'm Siobhan Hunt. See you next time. Running a home takes a lot of energy. So at Energy Australia, we've created the Total Energy Plan. An energy plan that, yes, ticks the boxes. Get a discount off your total energy bill, guaranteed. No lock-in contracts and fixed rates for 12 months. Find out how you can save with our total energy plan. Energy Australia. Light the way. Conditions apply. To view basic plan information documents, visit energyaustralia.com.au.